vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date. So that means today we're talking about Tabula Rasa, Tabula Rasa, Tabula Rasa. And also the Angel episode, Quickening. Okay. All right. I think today I'm going to need to start drinking the whiskey before we even talk about Angel. Usually I wait until we're ready to talk about Buffy. But today, today, okay, so I had less than half a page about the Angel episode. So basically, I don't the whole thing with Holtz, they keep doing all these flashbacks to Holtz is constantly hunting Angel. I didn't realize until this episode, this watching this time of this episode, that Holtz was hunting Angel and Darla before Angel and Darla killed his family. I thought he was just on a vengeance vengeance mission, but I guess he just knew what Angel was, sort of a Van Helsing situation, what the fuck ever. I don't care. I don't care about this storyline at all. And I'm sorry. I really hope she never hears this, because I would hate for her to hear this. But I just don't know if Julie Benz is a good actress. I just don't know. Of course, I've really only ever seen her in Angel, Buffy, and Dexter. And she just wasn't very good in any of those things. I just don't think... I don't know. And again, I could be biased because I don't like the sound of her voice. But I don't know. I just... I. She never sells it for me. She just doesn't. It's just, it doesn't work. Um, okay. So everybody's wondering what kind of thing Darla is carrying. The miraculous vampire conception. (laughs) Whatever, whatever. Miracle child. Turns out they do an ultrasound in this episode and it's just a human baby. That's all. Just a human baby. And we're seeing in this episode, sort of, they're probably going to play this up either in the next episode, I don't know, probably by, like, next week, Darla's going to be dead. Because Angel, like, has to kill her during childbirth or something. I don't remember the scenario. We'll get there. But right now, you're seeing Darla just sort of softening around the edges. Like, she's not quite as mean as she was in the last episode. And eventually, they're going to reveal that the humanity of the baby inside her, the soul of the baby inside her is, you know, is making her a little bit more human or whatever. Um, what else? Protect the fetus is protected. Da, 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 da. 
Lila signing things with blood, but it looks like hot pink. So they didn't do a great job with the blood ink. <laughs> Just didn't seem very believable to me, is what I'm saying. Um, okay, here's a quote from this episode that really fucking pissed me off. So there's this kid that is, I don't know, trying to get Lila and Gavin to reveal things to him. I don't know what his deal is, but he works at Wolfram and Hard. He's like a mail cart kid, whatever. And Lila thinks he's coming on to her at one point, And he says, I respect you way too much to be attracted to you. And maybe that's supposed to sound like a really asshole thing to say. But I don't know if it's supposed to sound that way or if it just does because you can't respect someone you're attracted to. Really? Like, I realize I'm probably taking that too seriously. But that line just really stuck in my craw. So just decided to point it out since it was one of only, like, four sentences I wrote down about this entire fucking episode. Um, we find out that... Um, that Gavin guy at Wolferman Hart has um, the hotel, Angel Investigations Hotel, like the entire hotel. There's like security cameras everywhere. How have none of them noticed them? Okay, this is 2001. This isn't the time of security cameras that you can't see at all, you know? <laughs> um, I think one of them would have noticed, okay? Um, so while they're watching like the security camera footage, they put it together finally that, um, Darla is pregnant and they are shocked. So they don't know that it's happening. It's not a machination from Wolfram and Hart. Um, whatever. I don't even care. I just don't care. So whatever <laughs> that episode was that episode. Okay, done talking about Angel. <laughs> Let's talk about Buffy. I don't have a lot on this episode of Buffy either. Let's see. Only two? I think I'm just tired. <laughs> um, and I feel a little, like, congested. I hope I'm not coming down with, like, a fucking cold or something, because I don't feel like it. Damn it. Ain't nobody got time for that. Okay. So, Tabula Rasa. Oh, I'm not, I don't have my episode guides in here today. You guys, I was too lazy to even, like, read them, so whatever. This is the one where Willow's spell goes awry. <laughs> Number 23. And she's trying to erase Buffy's bad memory, or Buffy's memories of heaven. And also Tara's memories of her memory being wiped by Willow. Um, and it goes wrong and everyone's memories in the whole group are wiped about who they even are. So there you go. That's this one. Um, I just kind of had to note like the opening scene, Buffy's in a cemetery. She's patrolling or something, I guess. And she runs into Spike. And in this scene, this very first scene, she is wearing a really fuzzy white 
like turtleneck sweater and like some kind of sweater over it I think like a trenchy sweater over a turtleneck sweater I don't know it was some sweater shit some white fuzzy sweater shit and later you know they kind of pan out and you're able to see that she's paired th that with red leather pants but it's just interesting at first because Spike shows up and he's just wearing his normal, like, black t-shirt, black belt, black jeans, black trench coat. So he's wearing all black, and she is wearing fuzzy white sweater. So I think this is interesting, because I do think that costume design is somewhat thoughtful in this series as a whole. And I think that this was intentional to, you know, put them up against each other. She is... I feel like she put on that white sweater to try to remind herself that she is a good girl, Buffy. She is not drawn to the darkness. No, she wears white. So she's trying to... This is another way of her trying to push Spike away in this wardrobe choice. That's just my thought. I Again, I could be reading too much into it, but that's what a fucking podcast about a TV show is about reading too much into it, you know? Um, I had to note that Spike said the following words to Buffy. She was like, he was saying, like, we need to talk because they kissed at the end of the last episode. Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it was the musical episode and Buffy and Spike kissed at the end. Okay? All right. <laughs> And, um, so he's like, we need to talk. And she said, no, that's never going to happen again. We don't need to talk about it. And she's, you know, I would never do something like that, except I did something like that, but I will never do it again. You know, whatever. She's doing her Buffy thing. And he says to her, I know what kind of girl you really are. Yeah. Yeah. That is what he said to her. It's upsetting. So the emotional manipulations, as I've been noting, have begun. And they're amplifying, you know? They really are. Um, okay, where are we? <laughs> I just paused it for a while. Oh, I'm so tired. I just don't, like... Sorry, guys. This is going to be one of those, like isn't the best quality episodes. Um, but that's okay because on the face of it, like this episode is an important episode and I think it's a really well done episode. I like it. However, it's kind of a, it's a sort of a fluff episode in that it's kind of a break from the angst a little bit. Like we aren't going to get very many of those, so we should probably enjoy it while we're here. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, not that this episode wasn't also dark, but because of there was a little bit of hilarity in the antics of everyone not knowing who they are and who they assume that they are because of that, you know, it was funny. It was cute. Um, I know what kind of girl you really are. Buffy doesn't want to talk about the kiss. Then we actually get like a literal loan shark. <laughs> Somebody is after Spike. Because they owe him kittens. And it's 
a literal shark in a business suit. I am so into this guy. This is one of the funniest demons. I feel like he was wearing, like, sunglasses, too, wasn't he? I think he was wearing, like, little, little circular beady, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, aka Matrix-type sunglasses. Um, yes. I want to be him for Halloween one year. I want to be this little shark in a business suit for Halloween. Except that would be intensely uncomfortable to be, like, wearing a shark latex thing, but I just want to put on the outfit and somebody take a few pictures. That's all. <laughs> can can someone make that happen for me? Okay. Um, I don't like Anya's comment about Birkenstocks. So we get this scene with um, Xander, Anya, Willow, and Tara at Xander's apartment. They're sitting around the table like maybe they just together or something. I don't know. It looks like they have like tea. Like tea accoutrement on the table, which is funny because like, would Xander have all of that stuff? I don't know. Anyway, they're sitting around the table and they're talking about Buffy and Anya's kind of speculating like what was it like for her while she was in heaven? Was she wearing Birkenstocks and playing a harp? And then she says something about Birkenstocks being ugly or something like that. And I don't know. Like, have you ever worn Birkenstocks, though? I used to think they were ugly, too. And then I put some on my feet. And it is heaven. Okay? So I do see why you might wear Birkenstocks in heaven. And fuck it, you know? Right now I'm wearing knockoff Uggs because they're they're pretty much my house slippers. Because I don't have, like, normal slipper slippers. They are ugly as fuck. But they're fuzzy on the inside and they're comfortable. So I wear them around the house. So fuck off, you know? <laughs> Anya saying shit about Birkenstocks. I gotta say, like, as far as footwear goes, footwear was the worst in this era of 2001. Like, little weird kitten heels and more kitten heels. Yeah, anyway. So I kind of skipped over... But the quote of the episode is with the loan shark guy. So he's confronting Spike in the cemetery about um, the kittens that Spike owes him. 40, 40, 40 Siamese kittens is what. That's a lot. That's a lot. Especially when you're talking Siamese. Because, I mean, you don't just find Siamese cats anywhere, you know? But anyway. <laughs> so, um... He's confronting Spike about the kittens that Spike owes him. And um, Spike says something about, just give me time. You know, I'll get your kittens. Just give me time. And the quote of the episode is when the shark guy responds, time, 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 time is what turns kittens into cats. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I'm pretty sure that my... Uh, my sister podcast that I like to think of as my sister podcast, but they don't know who I am. Buffering the Vampire Slayer. They have, um, I think that they have put like that quote on some of their merchandise. The time turns kittens into cats. Um, I need to check into that because 
I bought a t-shirt from them a long time ago and it's really faded. It's getting to the point where I might need a new t-shirt from them. <laughs> and if they have one with the shark guy on it that says something about time turns kittens into cats, then maybe I need to get it, you know, because I like this guy. Anyway, moving on. Um... But yeah, so so Anya's sort of speculating what was it like for Buffy when she was in heaven and Xander's sort of being dismissive about it or whatever. And Tara's really sweet. She says she's really sweet and smart and amazing in this whole scene, in this whole episode. In fact, let's skip ahead. Tara is the MVP of the, of the episode, you know, because we're not going to see a whole lot of her. I mean, we're still going to see, like, she's still in the show pretty often, but I don't know if she's going to be in every single episode going forward now that she's left Willow, but okay. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but she's really sweet to Anya. She says, it's totally not stupid to wonder what it was like for Buffy. Because I think maybe Anya says something like, is this stupid for me to wonder or whatever? And Tara reassures her and it's very sweet. And then where are we? Willow kind of has a moment of clarity. Like I was proud of her for like a second in this episode because, you know, they're all talking about like, what was it like for Buffy? They're processing the fact that they've just found out that Buffy was in heaven. And Willow says, you know, she's feeling remorse. And she was like, we were selfish. I was so selfish. She, she, you know, refines it. I was so selfish. Like she's for a second, you think that she's going to take personal responsibility, which I think is something that she needs to do just as a step in her process of healing right now. I think she needs to sort of take ownership of the fact that she was the one that pretty much spearheaded. She was the only one that had the power that could really bring Buffy back and blah, blah, blah. And again, Tara, I, I put like a huge box around this particular quote that I wrote down from Tara. She says, you know, so they're all just like feeling guilty talking about processing this whole thing. And like, what do we do? We brought her back. Maybe we shouldn't have done it. Blah, blah, blah. And Tara says not to be Miss Psycho Pep Squad, but we've got to stop obsessing about what we did and start trying to make things better for Buffy. I'm going to say it again because no one's ever going to do this for her. Not to be Miss Psycho Pep Squad, but we've got to stop obsessing about what we did and start trying to make things better for Buffy. So I feel like this, obviously in this particular situation, that is exactly what they need to do. They need to be finding support for Buffy because like, as an allegory for depression, Buffy is in deep right now. And not only, you know, would friends of a depressed person be wanting to help, but also they're kind of the cause of it in this case. So they should really be figuring some shit out. I mean, some kind of slayer counseling. She needs some kind of vampire slayer grief counseling. I don't know, but like 
I think Xander's suggestion to have a book club slash video club is a great idea. Just kind of getting together. That He was saying something about weekly dinners at his house or something. That is a great suggestion, actually. Like, spending time together. Trying to, you know... I don't know. Hang out with her like a human being when they're not just, like, fighting evil. Just, like, actually hanging out as friends. You know, being around her so that she can talk if she wants to or not talk if she doesn't want to. You know, the whole thing. It reminds me of, like, Eeyore as an allegory. I feel like I've brought this up, like, recently. So sorry that I'm saying it again. If it was on this podcast that I brought it up recently. But the thing about Eeyore is that he's a very depressed character on Winnie the Pooh, right? But everyone hangs out with him anyway. Everyone goes to check in on him anyway. They don't, like, avoid him because he's depressed. They accept that he is a friend of theirs that is sad a lot of the time. And Tara is absolutely 100% right. We need to start figuring out how we can make things better for her. We need to help her. Not just sit around talking about how guilty we feel and how sorry we are. Like, we did what we did. We need to move on. This isn't about us. This is about her. So I think that's really important. And I think that it can apply to a lot of things in life, you know? I mean, I totally understand. You know, it's that bargaining phase, right? Whenever something tragic happens, you're constantly looking back to, like, the moment before it happened and what you could have done differently. Um, But the thing is, you can't... I mean, so fucking cliche, right? But you can't change it. You can't change what's already happened. All you can do is go forward with what the circumstances right now are. And that is the place that they're in right now. That is the thing. They haven't gotten to the acceptance phase yet, you know? Then we get, okay, so Tara has said that, and then Xander suggests video club or whatever. And then Willow is a dick about it. She's like, video club isn't going to fix anything. I know a spell that can fix it. I can make her forget that she was ever in heaven. And Tara's like, no. (laughs) And this starts a fight and Anya and Xander leave the room. And Tara is very, you know, she's very smart. She's very like foot stompy. She is very clear, you know, she, she confronts Willow. She says to her, she finally, you know, says it out loud that I know what you did. You violated my mind. You took away my memories. I know what you did. You know, that exact same spell that you were just suggesting we use on Buffy, you did on me. And then she mentions how could, she says something like, how could you do that to me? Um, violate my mind like that after what glory did to me. And I was like, Oh, okay. Because I think in the last episode I was like, man, she's been through so much with her family and everything and like lying to her about being a demon and blah, blah, blah. 
because in the song she was talking about everything that she'd been through like how could you do that to me after everything that I've been through something like that in the song and I was completely forgetting about the fact that like she literally has had her mind violated before by fucking glory in the last season like that just happened (laughs) I totally forgot about that um so that's an even more literal, you know, allegory to this situation. Um, yeah, how could she fucking do that? How fucking could she? Like, I know I was mad before, but I'm even more mad now. Um, so Willow is just, she's not responding well. You know, she's just kind of like, I love you, baby. <laughs> hate the way she says I love you in this scene. I love you. I don't know. It's just the I can't even imitate it. That wasn't right. But it's it's awful. I hate the way she says it. It makes my skin crawl. And I'm just I'm so on Tara's side that it's just like it's not even fair. That's how on Tara's side I am. Um, I tend to be like that, right? Like I pick a person's side and I like fiercely defend them and it's almost always the same person like I'm always on Drusilla's side I'm always on Faith's side I'm always on Tara's side okay those are my top three (laughs) on Buffy I think it's really true they are anyway um so Tara kind of lays it out there she's like I don't think this is gonna work and she actually says that let's see think she might even say that after Willow's like, I'll go a month. I'll go a month without magic. I don't need magic. I need you. And Tara says, go a week, go a week and we'll see. And then she says, I don't know. I think we need space or something like that. So, you know, it almost sounds like the way that I'd read this scene before watching it this time was that this was kind of an ultimatum. Like, you know, if you can go without magic for a week, then we'll see if we can continue a relationship. It was like kind of an ultimatum. That's the way that I read it before, but seeing it now, it's like, no, she's ready to go now. She knows she needs to go now. And plus Tara isn't the type to like lay out an ultimatum. Plus she wasn't the one that suggested it in the first place. Like Willow was the one that said, I'll go a month without magic. And Tara was like, go a week. I don't think you can even fucking do that bitch. So I'm gone. I'm gone. Probably either way I'm gone. And Willow says, yeah, that'll be easy. That'll be easy. The next goddamn morning she's like not ready they're supposed to meet at the magic box with everybody else because Giles has something to tell them and they think it's about like a creature or something but he's just telling everyone that he's leaving because at the same time that Willow and Tara are having this conversation they're cutting to Giles telling Buffy that he needs to go back to England that he needs to give her the space to stand on her own And she's like, why would you abandon me right now? She's being very angry and not, not very understanding. She's being very childish about this. And he also like, I don't know, like I've been saying, like partially under, I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, it's like, 
dude, but she needs a lot of help right now, you know? And I get that, like, maybe he feels like he can't resist helping her too much. But at the same time, it's like, I, you know, she just came back from the dead. And she's having a really hard time right now. So, like, maybe now's not the time, Giles, you know, but whatever. Anyway, so he's telling her that he's leaving at the same time that Tara is pretty much ready to leave Willow. And then the next morning, or maybe that seemed like it was the way they were cutting those scenes. It was like the next morning for Willow and Tara, but it was just like a few minutes later for Buffy and Giles, but whatever, because I think Buffy was already wearing that outfit that she was wearing for the rest of the day the rest of the episode, but I don't know, whatever. doesn't matter. Um, they had to cut those two things together, you know, because two characters are leaving two other characters. So they had to do that. Um, so then everybody shows up at the magic box. Is that where we are? Oh, wait. Okay. No, I'm skipping ahead because everybody's on their way to the magic box when Willow, she's like in a towel and she's like, I'm not ready. Um, I'll meet you there. And she, as soon as Tara and Dawn leave the house, Willow just magics herself into an outfit with, with curled hair and everything. Like Willow should have known immediately. Like you got here in 10 minutes, bitch. And your hair is curled when you were in a towel when we left the house. No, I don't believe that. Like she had makeup on, she had like a push-up bra <laughs> and curled hair. Willow had some boobs in this episode. Did you guys notice? Like she's wearing a push-up bra. Like Willow's just not the booby type. Really she isn't. I guess they're just kind of playing up in this episode cuz like the only other time she ever kind of had some cleavage was when she was Dark Willow in the alternate you know, alternate reality, Dark Willow. So maybe they're doing like a little bit of a callback to that with her boobs in this episode. I don't know. Just thought it was interesting that she like had boobs in this episode. <laughs> okay. So she magics herself into an outfit and then she immediately goes to get the lace bramble again. The same shit that she used to erase Tara's memory. So she was not even intending to go a week without magic. She doesn't even look like she feels guilty or like she's questioning whether or not she should do it. She knew all morning that as soon as they left the house, she was going to do this. She knew she might've even like orchestrated it so that she was still in a towel and she could be like, Oh, oh my God, I'm going to have to catch up to you guys. Okay. Bye. She knew exactly what she was doing. As soon as they left the house, she magics herself into an outfit. She gets out the lace bramble. We all know what it is at this point. And she does a little spell to get Buffy to forget about heaven and to get Tara to forget about, you know, recent sins and slights was part of the, the spell wording. And then she, first of all, she leaves so she has like a plastic bag full of all of this lace bramble and she takes like two little pieces, one to represent Tara, one to represent 
Buffy, I'm assuming. And she leaves the rest of it on the floor in the bag right next to the fireplace. <laughs> like, what? What? First of all, since when does Buffy have a fireplace? Where is that fireplace? It was a weird angle showing the fireplace. So like, it's hard for me to like visualize where is that fucking fireplace? Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, um, so like, first of all, she just left it out. So if she was trying to go a week without doing any magic, wouldn't, as soon as they all get home, wouldn't Tara see that shit on the floor and be like, what did you do? What did you fucking do? But, okay, wait, I'm talking myself out of it right now. Because if, if the spell works and Tara doesn't remember any of these fights, then she wouldn't see any problem with seeing that shit on the floor, right? So I guess it's fine. That's fine. All right, whatever. Okay. Where are we? Lace Bramble, then she leaves the evidence out. What the fuck? Okay, yeah. Um, Spike shows up wearing weird, like, you know, three-piece tweed suit situation. Um, three-piece? Is that what a three-piece suit is? When it has, like, the little button-up vest and the pants and then the blazer and a bow tie. He's wearing a weird outfit because he's in disguise to run from the shark guy, I guess. Whatever. So he shows up at the magic box and Giles is about to tell everyone that he's leaving. And Buffy starts to talk about heaven. I don't know. She starts talking about like, you're sorry. Everyone's sorry. I wish you could understand what it feels like or something. I don't know. She starts talking about it. Kind of opening up a little bit. And as soon as so we're, we're getting little flashes to like the fireplace at the same time, because like the whole thing with the spell is that like when the crystal turns black because the lace bramble has finished burning in the fireplace or whatever, which I don't know, like how did Willow get all the way over there before whatever, whatever spell timing. So hell math, <laughs> as they call it on buffering the vampire slayer. So Willow sees like the crystal glowing in her pocket or whatever. So we get a flash to the fireplace and not only the two little pieces that she put into the fireplace caught fire, but like the fire like jumped out and caught the whole bag next to the fireplace on fire as well. The entire bag of late bramble, the whole fucking thing. So... There's that. Um, the whole bramble patch sets on fire. That was my note. Um, and so they all get knocked out at the same time. And everyone in the magic shop together. Like, I guess the shop wasn't open that day or something because they wake up later that night. And none of them remember who they are. Spike does a cute little high-pitched scream when he falls off of the, cause he falls asleep on the, like on top of the counter because he was sitting on the counter whenever this whole thing happened. So on the counter next to the register. So he falls off of it as he's waking up and does a cute little scream. I enjoyed it. 
Xander kind of has a cute little scream when he wakes up too. They must have gone in on that together. <laughs> um, it's I I felt it I felt it was a little bit like I don't know too obvious to have like so immediately Buffy when she doesn't know who she is she thinks she's Joan <laughs> starts being like nurturing and big sistery towards Dawn immediately then um also like Willow and Tara immediately like super attracted to each other I thought those two things were just, like, a little bit too much, you know? And I thought also the fact that, like, you know, they're making a lot of inferences about their lives, which you would in that situation. Like, if that were an actual situation where you woke up and you didn't know who you were and you didn't know who anyone else was, you would be, like, making a lot of connections about, like, oh, well, we own the shop together and I'm wearing an engagement ring, so, and we were asleep right next to each other, so we must be, you know... We must be engaged and blah, blah, blah. You know, I get all of that shit, but then the fact that everybody's just acting like it, you know, like why would Anya and Giles kiss? Like why? Why at all? Because they don't have memories of each other. So they would just be kind of being awkward around each other like, oh, well, I guess we're engaged, but... I don't know. That feels weird. Let's wait till our memories get back, right? You know, wouldn't you wait till you got your memories back? I don't know. I know. I'm reading too much into it. I know. My mom right now is saying TV. Because <laughs> every time I ask these kind of questions, she's like, TV, Stephanie. TV. Okay, so. Um, where are we? They slept all day. No one knows who they are. Buffy immediately nurturing towards Dawn, blah, 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 Willow with cleavage. Um, so Spike thinks his name is Randy because the inside of his suit says something like made with care for Randy. Um, Buffy doesn't have any identification on her, so she just names herself Joan. Um, Willow, no, Willow, Willow has identification. Everybody else in, like knows what their names are, except... Um, yeah, Buffy and Spike are the only ones that don't know who they are. Hmm. Don't know what their names are. And Dawn just happens to have a necklace that says Dawn on it. Um. That, that moment whenever, like, they go to answer the door and, like, the lone shark guy is there and there's some vampires and stuff and they all scream. <laughs> it's just a really cute shot. Obviously, they made the shot to be cute. And it's cute. Um, at one point, like, Buffy's kind of freaking out. Like, what are they doing here? What is happening? Why are there vampires? And Anya just looks at her and she's like, they suck blood. Take it easy, Joan. They're vampires. They suck blood. Take it easy, Joan. <laughs> I just really liked that. Um, Buffy formulates a plan once she realizes that she's super-powered. Super-powered Joan. She's protecting Spike because they realize that these like vampires and demons are after Spike. And, um, so she is like, okay, Randy and I will go, I don't know, somewhere. They will go do something somewhere. 
<laughs> I don't remember. But the idea was that Dawn and Willow and Tara and Xander would go through the sewers to get to the hospital because they've all lost their memory and they need to go to a hospital, right? Randy and Joan would go um, distract the people, the demons and vampires, lure them out. I don't know, something. And Anya and Giles would stay behind in the shop and maybe see if they can find a spell to help the situation. That was the plan. And Joan made the plan. Because she's like, I'm super powered or something. I must be the boss. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So that's the plan. Where are we? I didn't like, so, as they were getting like climbing down into the sewers like Xander's like helping everyone down and he's kind of fondling their asses as he's helping them down I mean not like not in an obvious like that's what's supposed to be happening kind of way but it just looked a little bit fishy to me like he was just like a little too intimate with 15-year-old Dawn's, like, thighs and ass. You know what I mean? Did you guys... Did that scene make you feel creepy? Because it made me feel creepy. Okay. Um, Anya starts doing spells. Like, she's just got a book open, and she's just speaking Latin in front of the books, like Xander. <laughs> and she's making bunnies everywhere. So many bunnies. So all of the scenes with Giles and Anya at this point forward are just hilarious. They're just hilarious. They have such great, like, bickering banter between the two of them. And it's great. And, you know, this is the last time we're going to see Giles for a while. Till, like, the end of the season. We're going to be Giles-less for the first time in this entire show's history. Consistently Giles-less. Like, we've had an episode or two here and there without Giles, I think. But at this point... Daddy's gone. You know what I mean? I apologize for saying daddy. Spike has this whole speech about like, cause he realizes that he's a vampire. So, but he's like, but I don't want to bite you. And you're kind of a superhero. And so we team up because like, I'm supposed to be your enemy, but we must team up and fight evil together and maybe I'm a special kind of vampire you know like a vampire with a soul and Buffy slash Joan is like that sounds stupid <laughs> so of course they're you know making jokes about Angel and it's funny ha 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 but it's just kind of cute Spike just sort of processing his identity in this world like anyway it's just kind of cute um we get Dawn sort of helping Xander fight in the sewers because they're, like, being chased in the sewers. And there's all this, like, sexual tension between Willow and Tara for some reason. Like, I don't know. And um, Xander's completely oblivious. And Dawn is just helping Xander fight. And um, she throws him a stake at one point and yells, Alex! Alex! 
<laughs> which is just funny. That's, that's, I think that's smart. Those little things, you know, like, even though we, he knows that his name is Alexander Harris, he doesn't know that he goes by Xander. So like, it's, I don't know. It's just funny. Just cute. Nice little touch. Right after, um, I think Xander like slays the vampire actually. Like he fights really well, which is not usual for him, but, um, I think he slays the vampire and then he's like walking away and he accidentally steps on the crystal that has fallen out of Willow's pocket. Cause the whole thing about the crystal was it was connected to the spell and it turns black and blah, blah, blah. So of course when he steps on the crystal and it crumbles into a bunch of pieces, which Michael pointed out when we were watching it together on Thursday, he was like, I don't think a crystal would break that easily. It's like, yeah, it wouldn't, but cause it was just a quartz crystal, but it was an enchanted quartz crystal that had turned black from spell work. So perhaps it is now a brittle quartz crystal. So it breaks into a bunch of pieces and it breaks the spell. And like, my thought is what if that crystal never broke? Cause none of them knew what was making them like this. None of them knew who they fucking were. Would they never have remembered who they were? Would they've just gone about their lives, you know, trying to make a life out of the assumptions that they think that they're making based on the life that they think they had before they all lost their memories together. <laughs> like what if that crystal never broke, you know? And that spell just continued forever. Like Willow really doesn't think about the fucking consequences of her actions. Jesus. Um, I put a little heart around the nickname that Anya calls Giles. Rupee. <laughs> Oh, Rupee. I just love that. I love the idea of calling someone named Rupert Rupee. That's the best. That's the best ever. And I love it. So from now on, I'm calling Giles Rupee. Just kidding. Cause I will forget that I decided that by the time we see him again, but you guys can remind me if you want. Um, cause I would love to just call him Rupee from now on <laughs> with no explanation at all. Um, where are we? So as soon as he breaks a crystal and the spell is broken, everyone just kind of like looks at each other. Like there are no words spoken between Dawn, Tara, Willow, and Xander. They just, they all know immediately that this is Willow. She did this. They all know. <laughs> And it's just like, at this point, they don't even know what to say anymore. It's not like they're shocked that she would do this. <clears throat> Xander kind of laughs inappropriately. Um, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's really effective though. The fact that they chose to like, just sort of have meaningful looks of people realizing, holy shit, what just happened and then realizing exactly what happened immediately. You know, no one even says anything to her. You know, Willow knows immediately. Oh shit. Tara knows what I did. What I did went horribly wrong. There's nothing I can do. 
Like, even Willow knows that she can't talk her way out of this shit. You know? So Tara goes home, and she starts packing up her stuff. She's leaving. Buffy, as soon as she gets her memory back, that is a really heartbreaking moment, because... I don't know if I ever really like put this all together before the other times that I've watched it. But this time I was like, Oh, I knew exactly what was going on. As soon as she got her memory back, she's disoriented for a second. And then it's like, she got the memory back of being in heaven and not being in heaven anymore. She got all of that back in an instant and she had to get out of there. So she went to the bronze Tara or Anya and Rupee are making out at the moment that, um, <laughs> at the moment that they get their memories back. So they start obsessively cleaning afterwards. And then Michelle Branch starts singing. <laughs> so she's playing at the bronze, at the bronze. Sorry, I'm like burpy right now. Probably because I'm drinking a carbonated water. You guys have hiccups. <laughs> supposed to get hiccups right after you take a drink not like you know 30 minutes later 40 minutes later um okay so michelle branch is singing willow's doing a quivery lip thing sitting on the floor of the bathroom while tara's packing up all her shit to leave this is really interesting okay so allison hannigan is a really great actor Especially she's really great at crying. Like every other time we've ever seen Willow cry. It's been devastating. Like you can't handle it. You have to cry with her. But this cry is diff. Sorry, I have hiccups. This cry is different. She's like, she's just so good. Like the, the chin, chin quiver is very slow like she's really tr trying to hold it back and it's the it occurred to me as i was watching it this time this is the first time we've ever seen willow really really in despair and about to cry but it's not um eliciting empathy in me like I guess that's not true. Like I do have empathy for how she feels right now. You know, I don't totally hate her guts, but every other time we've ever seen Willow cry, it's, I just, you know, she knows how to do that correctly. <laughs> she makes you want to cry with her. But in this moment, you don't want to cry with her. You're just thinking, shit, girl, look what you did. Look what you did. I'm sorry you feel bad, but look what you did. It's a different kind of cry. And it's not just because like of the circumstances of the situation. It's also because of the way that she's crying in the scene. Now that's acting. Somebody that knows how to turn on the crying game. <laughs> she knows the crying game. She knows how to do it. This is a different crying. I don't know. I'm not articulating it well, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying. Um, Giles is on the plane. He's leaving. Willow's got her quiver chin going. Buffy also has a quiver chin. She's like trying to hold back tears. She, because she just, 
goes to the bronze. She's sitting by herself. Spike shows up and she turns away from him. Like she's trying to avoid him and he storms off, but apparently she caught up to him because the very, very last scene of the episode is Spike and Buffy making out in the bronze. So, you know, what's sad is that the person that caught up to Buffy was Spike. The person that's checking on Buffy is Spike. It's sad to me because, you know, it should be Xander. It should be Willow. It should be someone, someone that really genuinely loves Buffy. And yes, Spike genuinely loves Buffy in his way, but it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing, but he's the one that went to check on her. And he's the one that understands where she is right now. So there you go. That's the end of the episode. So I, I feel like I, I didn't say anything smart today, but you know, some days you don't say smart things, you know, it happens. And because of the nature of this project, you know, I don't get a do over, which is nice because then I don't overthink things too much. It's just like, well, I recorded on the day and that day is no longer now. So what are you going to do? Okay. So let's do ratings. Object of the episode. <sighs> I don't know what the object of the episode would be. Actually. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I really liked Michelle branches. Like she had like a little collection of small silver ball chain necklaces that were just like, they weren't, it wasn't a choker. It was just right at the base of her neck. So it looked comfortable and it looked stylish and it looked fucking cool. Michelle branch looked fucking cool. She just looked like such a little cutie with her high shine lip gloss and her asymmetrical. It was like a boat neck black shirt, but one shoulder had like a cutout just at the top of the shoulder. So her shoulder was sticking out and it was just, I don't know what the rest of her outfit was, but she looked fucking cute. She had this like blunt, short cut hair, like kind of razor cut, like jaggedy edges. And she had the smoky eye going on. She just looked fucking cute. Okay. Don't say shit about Michelle Branch to me. She's cute. Okay. So that's the object of the episode. Her little multi ball chain necklace situation. I have something like that, but it's not all small and delicate like that. So it's not quite right. I'd rather have hers outfit of the episode. There were some good ones. Let's give it to good old Randy Giles, AKA spike. Um, despite the fact that his bow tie didn't really match the suit. I think the suit was cute. I do. The suit was cute. Randy Giles quote of the episode. Like I said, time, time, time is what turns kittens into cats. MVP of the episode is Tara. She put her foot down, you know, and 
a lot of people as shy as Tara wouldn't have the guts to do that. She would just let Willow take advantage of her. But I'm really glad that Tara didn't. She's so mature, so cool. I wish I could be just like her. Five by five ratings. Um, this is a good episode for sure. Like, definitely. Memorable. Furthers the plot. Has fun elements in it. Has Michelle Branch being cutie. Um, hilarity ensued in this episode. Um, we got Joan the Vampire Slayer. You know, it's all good. I'm going to give it a four. I feel like I give everything a four. <laughs> Unless I really, really love it or really, really hate it. It gets a four. That's just how it is. Who cares? No one's keeping track. Thank you guys for listening. I will be back next week where we will talk about... Can I read my handwriting from across the room on my calendar? Smashed. The episode Smashed. Holy shit. We're getting... We're starting to really get into the darkness now. Okay. Smashed? Is that the one that ends with Buffy and Spike fucking a house down? I think it is. I could be wrong. I'm not going to look it up. So don't correct me. We'll find out next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and I will see you then. Bye!